Hey everybody, welcome back to The Matt Report. It's season seven. We are well into 2018 now. This is late January. Had my second son, so things have been pretty busy for me. So that's why I've been sort of off the radar of iTunes. Uh, But I've been doing a lot on YouTube. And this upcoming episode is something that I published on YouTube first. It's with uh, my friend Lisa Sabin-Wilson from WebDev Studios. She's telling us all about how she makes WebDev more profitable. And this is a a fantastic episode. Uh, lots of notes here. And if you actually go to the mattreport.com uh, episode post for this, you will get all of the transcript uh, there as well. So if you want to dive in and sort of read in between the lines of what she's saying, so you can make notes and actually get this type of process for your creative agency, uh, well, be my guest. Go to mattreport.com to check that post out. 2018 is also the year where I'm putting more effort into doing YouTube. So I'm sharing a lot more content there. Things like marketing, blogging, vlogging, <laughs> creating YouTube uh, content, but of course, creating more Matt Report content there. And that might be in the form of webinars, live shows, that kind of thing. So if you're interested in that, it's youtube.com slash the Matt Report. That's where you can subscribe there. I'd love for you to subscribe to the channel if you enjoy consuming YouTube content. I see some people out there watching some of my videos on their big screen TV in their living room, quite scary. Uh, but anyway, I want you to really enjoy this episode with Lisa. It's great great content. And for those of you who are looking to systemize your business or create better processes or get more client buy-in, this is definitely the show for you. Let's dive right in. If you like videos like this, go ahead and like this video. If you enjoy and love and want more videos like this, please subscribe to the channel so you don't miss an episode. Sit back and get ready for Lisa Sabin-Wilson. So yeah, the topic of my presentation here is revenue doesn't mean shit. And that might be a surprise for anybody to, who wants to make money or is making money um, on WordPress currently to understand that revenue doesn't mean shit. But what I mean to say when I'm saying that is you can, you can make revenue all day long, but if you're not profitable, uh, with that revenue, then it really is not going to mean shit to you or to, you know, your employees. Um, so unless you have systems that are in place uh, to really help pull that revenue over into, um, you know, actual profit, then, you know, you're not going to succeed. So a full pipeline is not all you need to succeed and grow. If you've got a full pipeline, that's great. Um, that's wonderful, but you also need to have uh, the right systems in place to support it. And that is, as Chief Operating Officer at WebDev, that is my primary focus. Um, and I feel very strongly that new business, I mean, it's great to get new business, but it really doesn't mean a thing without those systems that are in place to really support it and making sure that you're profitable with that. So since I've joined uh, WebDev and the projects that we do, which are very, very sometimes very large enterprise projects, um, we really needed to get and be smart about the systems we have in place to make sure that we are staying like on time, on budget, um, you know, and that everything that we're doing with every project that comes in makes sense. Um, so my focus is primarily project uh, operations. And I work a lot with the project teams, so the developers, front-end developers, the project managers, um, to really craft these operations around our projects and we look at the entire project life cycle. Um, these are the systems that we put in place to make sure that we are uh, profitable, that the revenue that's coming in for each project is bringing us profit into the company. Um, so we look at things like requirements gathering and we do a needs analysis with the client to make sure that we are 
communicating and that they're communicating what they need um, and that we're turning it around and architecting a project that meets those needs. We also do cost mapping um, ahead of time to make sure that we're going through each of the features and items, whether it's design or custom development or API integrations or you know, hosting support, we are going through and mapping each of the costs. So we're making an estimate of the hours that our team is going to expend towards this particular feature and mapping out the costs, which is how we come to a price with um, the clients, you know, kind of getting to that project budget, but also understanding for us where the costs are, where, you know, where we need to control the costs and how we need to budget for this project. All of that kind of culminates into a statement of work for the for the client and for our teams. We develop a project plan, um, which really becomes a roadmap of how our project is going to be built from day one until what we call day done. Um, so when we're ramping up the project and getting getting all of the requirements in there, we're building out this project plan that has all of the different elements that encompass their website, whether it's the design. Uh, the front-end development of the theme, any custom development, custom plugins that need to be developed, um, any content migration that needs to be done, uh, like I said, API integrations that need to be done. It's all detailed out into this statement of work. And that statement of work has two uh, purposes. One is to become a roadmap for our developers to follow on how they need to build a project. But it also becomes an agreement between us and the, the client. Because the client signs off on that statement of work, and it makes those discussions of scope a lot easier than they than they would be without a document like that. Because um, from our standpoint, if it's not listed out or discussed in the statement of work document, then it's a new request. Um, and you know, at that point, it's a scope change, and it can go through our change management. So statement of work is important, um, and it also encompasses you know like the design and development cycle. Um, quality assurance, user acceptance, testing, launch, all of that. The other things that we look at for project lifecycle is code review. <clears throat> um, because we have lead developers, senior developers, they go through code review cycles as part of our QA. Um, and we also do time and cost tracking. So all of our team members track time against the tasks on a project so that we have an understanding of where they're spending the most time, what they're struggling the most with, what things are, are most successful. And along with that time comes cost tracking. So we've got costs assigned to each team member um, on our web dev teams. Um, and we outline those costs not only by their, you know, hourly, what we're paying them hourly, but also, you know, what, what does this particular employee cost us from salary to benefits, um, time off, all of that kind of stuff. We work that into it. And then the change management is very important as well when I go back to the statement of work and making sure that we are managing scope and managing change. Um, you know, every once in a while it's really nice to be able to throw some freebies in there and to do some nice things for the client in order to help them get through their project. But some feature requests are a lot larger than others. So we always make sure that those new feature requests get scoped out and that we can account for them on the billing side. Um, and then any upselling that can be done during the project as well, um, from maintenance to support to any ongoing retainer that can happen after the fact. Um, those are all, all the things that I just listed are really part and parcel of the operations and policies and processes that we have in place in order to make sure that our projects are successful and that 
the revenue we brought in for that is bringing us a profit and not a deficit. Um, at the end of every project, we put a process in place called a project retrospective. Um, we actually first started calling them project postmortems, but we thought that that was such a negative term. It's so depressing. So we went with retrospective. Uh, basically, what we do is at the end of every project, once it's launched, um, we gather the entire team and we sit down with an internal meeting and we go through everything, the ups and downs from the project from day one until day done, what worked, what didn't work, where were the roadblocks, what challenges did we meet, what challenges did we overcome. Everybody on the project at that point learns really valuable lessons, both good and bad. Um, I've learned some very valuable lessons on those retrospectives because I'm primarily involved with um, scoping projects and architecting projects. So sometimes my project plans don't meet reality. Um, and I've learned those lessons and applied those lessons to each new project that comes along. Um, and I think everybody does apply those lessons in hopes of being more efficient and becoming better at what we do. And we also do a cost analysis to understand where every project dollar is spent. So if we've got a project for $10,000, for, for example, we need to know where that $10,000 is being spent. Is it being spent in project management? Is it being spent in development, front-end development, um, launch, or support? So we have our team members track time against tasks. We get pretty granular in terms of the tasks that they track time against because we do a weekly cost review during the active project. We go through and we look to see where time is being tracked where we need to be more efficient. If we're finding that we scoped 20 hours for a particular feature and we come into the cost review this week and see that there's 50 hours tracked to it, that makes me think either my team is tracking time to the wrong place or um, I scoped it wrong or incorrectly. Maybe I should have added more time to it or maybe there's something that the team is particularly struggling with with that particular feature and we can target it during the project and you know, just kind of stop and have a call with those developers to find out what's going on and, and hopefully we can nip it in the bud and, and, you know, move forward. And then we do a cost retrospective with the project retrospective to learn the over and the under. Um, mostly the over is what we want to know. Go over budget, where do we go over time and how can we learn from that? So, I mean, a full, like I said, a full pipeline is terrific. And if you've got a full pipeline, Congratulations, but make sure you've got the systems that are in place because revenue doesn't mean shit if you're not profitable.